Joshua from the individual perspective of Joshua being the son of Noon, that is the son re-sprouted, that is born again, a man in whom the Ruach HaKadosh is. Collectively, we're speaking of those who has went, oh, God wants us to study the book of Joshua from the individual perspective of Joshua being the son of Noon, that is, uh, re-sprouted or born again um, son, a man in whom the rock Hakodesh resides. Collectively, we're speaking of those who have went through their wilderness experience and have endured the testing trials. Um, it's trust, testing trials by holding on to Elohim. They have prevailed. They have borne the whoredom of their parents and forefathers, yet they have their old man, that is their flesh man, and its lust broken down, humbled, and deadened. As a result, they are no longer fleshly or worldly, but are now reborn spiritually via the water of the word in the Ruach HaKodesh. Within the book of Joshua, we can expect to learn the plan of Elohim concerning the body of Yahushua, i.e. his ecclesia, and those born-again believers that make up spiritual Israel. We'll learn how they're to enter into the kingdom of Elohim and what to expect once in, as well as how to proceed once in. Another perspective we'll be exploring is that of the land and the inhabitants of the land and how the land of Canaan speaks to the kingdom of Elohim within you and how its inhabitants relate to the remnants of the fallen angels, the demons, devils, and other unclean spirits which currently inhabit the land inherited by the born-again believer. That said, we're going to continue on with the book of Joshua. We left off. Uh, we finished up our recap, actually, last week. And so we're going to pick it up today with chapter 7. You know, and uh, even as the picture depicts, we pray some chains be broken. Amen. Amen. So, last in our recap, Elohim miraculously conquered Jericho. He brought the walls down and gave strength to Israel to go in and destroy the enemy within. Amen. We talked about Jericho. We talked about how it was a reference to the calendar, um, the lunar calendar as well as solar lunar calendars. And we got into that and 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 showed showed uh, how those aspects shine forth from the text. And today we're going to get into chapter seven. Chapter seven, verse one says, "But the children of Israel committed a trespass." In the accursed thing. Now, if you remember back mm -hmm. in chapter 6, they were specifically told a set of instructions. Um, um, I'm getting ahead of myself. I have it right down there. <laughs> All right. So, um, it says, The children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Camry, the son of Zab Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the, of the tribe of Yahudah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of Yahuwah was kindled against the children of Israel. Now, before we go any further, I want you to take note of something. You know, something being taught very important right here. You know, and this is because, you know, Israel is a representation of a many-member body. You know, and I want you to see, you know, that the text tells us that Achan, the son of Camry, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Yahuda, took the accursed thing. And then it says the anger of Yahuwah was kindled against him. Right? No. The children of Israel. Right? 
Exactly. Not him, not but the children of Israel as a whole. Can you see that? Yeah. That's very, that's a very, very important point. You know, that a lot of people just gloss right by, they just ride right by, they just do a drive-by, you know, and they don't even see it. But that's a huge point. What is, what is it, what is meant by a cursed thing? Well, this word cursed is karen, number 2764 in the, in the Strongs, and it's means to phys it speaks to physically as shutting in you know like to physically shut in something like a net a thing devoted or dedicated it speaks to something that's appointed to destruction you know so it's like you you capture something to destroy it you know something you know that's subject to destruction now Achan his name means troubler they should have known they was going to have problems out of him from the beginning, right? <laughs> Just from his name. And I want you to uh, bear witness to that, how the names in Scripture does carry forth the character, authority, and reputation, you know, of the individual that it entails. You know, even as Achan, names mean troubler, he was a troubler. You know, Camry speaks to my garden. Zabdi, endowment, Zara arising. You know, now, it says that Karim can speak to something appointed to destruction, right? So, what was appointed to destruction, you know, concerning Jericho? The answer to that is found in Joshua 6, verses 7 through 19, my first reader, please. And the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that therein, to Yahuwah. Only Rehab, the harlot, shall live. She and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye, in any wise, keep yourselves from, a, from the accursed thing. Least ye make yourselves the curse. When ye take, the, take of the accursed thing, and make the camp of Israel a curse, and trouble it. But all that... All the silver and gold and vessel, brass and iron, are consecrated unto Yahuwah. They shall come into the treasury of Yahuwah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Okay, so here it is. We learned that the cursed thing was everything that was in the city of Jericho. You know, and so here it is. We see that they were told that all that are therein to Yahuwah. You know, that the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to Yahuwah. So everything in there was cursed. You know, they even told, in, not in any wise keep keep yourselves, keep yourselves, in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest you make yourselves accursed. Right. You know, and make the camp of Israel accursed. Right. And trouble it. This word, um, these words trouble it is a car number 5916 5916 and it, it means to royal water to royal water speaks to stirring up the sediment so like if you if you ever seen like a pond you know and it looks clear but then you take a stick and 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 you start stirring it up and you see all all the, the dust and sediment start rising up in the water, make the water real cloudy and dirty and murky. 
You know, so that's the picture that's being painted. So this is what Achan was doing to Israel. And so before Yah, you know, it just became filthy. You know, all of Israel became filthy. You know, and in First Chronicles 2, 7, Achan is actually called a car. You know, so we see it says the sons of Camry, Carmi, um, a car, the troubler of Israel, who's transgressed in the thing accursed. You know, so he's even called a car in in scripture. Now, uh, let me have well, let's let's consider this um this verse two. You know, man, I was here for a long time. It says, and Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, or A, which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. You know, after a long time toiling over this passage, I believe this verse is grossly misinterpreted due to the ignorance concerning the Nephilim. And, you know, God just wouldn't let me let it go. So I took the liberty to reinterpret it. Because only in doing so can you really see the picture that is painted. First of all, let us consider AI. You know, it means ruins. It speaks to ruins, or means a heap of ruins. Now, the word beside is in in the Hebrew, number 5973. And it means with, in conjunction with, in particular. So it, it speaks to something that's in conjunction with something else, specifically. It means to be equally with. You know, so if something is equally with something, then that's the same as saying it is the same as something else. Now, it says beside Beth Haven. So it means it's equally with Beth Haven or the same as Beth Haven. Can you see that? Beth Haven means house of iniquity. Now, this house of iniquity can also be called house of vanity, house of evil, house of wickedness, house of idols, house of falsehood, you know, etc. Because this word, Haven, speaks to all of those things. By and large, throughout the um, KJB, by and large, is translated as iniquity. You know, and so... We're talking about the house of iniquity. Now, it says that it was on the east side of Bethel, right? But if you notice, this word of Bethel is not actually in the text. It's implied. So it literally just says east side Bethel. Anybody with me? East side is translated from the Hebrew word kadem, number 69.24. Kadem can, can mean east, it can, but it can also mean antiquity and aforetime, or that was which was before, which is the same as aforetime, right? You know, and then we have Bethel. Now I think everybody knows what this one means, right? Bethel speaks to the house of Elohim. Now this always puzzled me. 
not this particular verse, but just Bethel. <laughs> Bethel, that term right there. That term in scripture always puzzled me from the very beginning, you know, because I always wondered, like, because it occurs early, like in, in Genesis, you know, during the travels of uh, Abraham. And I always wondered, like, what house of God was that? Because Yah's house hadn't been built. Anybody else ever wonder that? I sure did. It bugged, it bugged me. It bugged me from, from, from the early years. You know, I remember, you know, reading it and I'm like, but I thought the house of, you know, I thought Yah's temple wasn't, wasn't built until much later. You know, but it's, you know, it's obviously a house of Elohim. So I just figured like this, it's a house of pagan God, of a pagan God, you know pagan god or gods and that's actually what it is it is a house of pagan gods but you won't see the picture if you don't factor in all of the facts if you would such as the yard and what we learned about the yarden, what the yarden represents. The yarden representing, you know, the descent of the fallen angels that came upon the earth and went down into Hades. You know, the crossing over that, you know, and Yah making certain not to get, you know, um, any of that water or any of those truths upon his people. Hence, he parted or opened it up and let them go over on dry land. Cross over on dry land. Amen? You know, so he went out of his way, you know, to keep keep that off of him. And then this first battle that we go into is this battle, you know, concerning Jericho. You know, we see how it spoke to, you know, the moons and the ruler of darkness and, you know, the calendar situation, you know. And then this is the second battle which will take place at AI. You know, but just once you factor in, like, the yarden and what the yarden represents and what was on the other side of the yarden, even the giants you know and this is what the tw original 12 spies saw and when you factor where the giants came from you know who offspring they were you know when you consider all this you, you begin a, a picture began to form and actually that's what this verse is actually speaking to so you know I'm going to show you how I reinterpreted it based upon the names of the places and what they mean and based upon the literal definitions of the terms. It's, um, essentially, that's translated as beside and east side, you know, because beside, you know, you can see where they got beside because it's, you know, it can speak to being equally with, you know, and you can see where they got east side from, but there's other alternatives in which they could have used to interpret the passage that would have been 
um, better befitting. You know, and so this is Joshua 7, 2, you know, after I reinterpreted. It says, And Joshua sent men from Jericho to the ruins. Why the ruins? Because AI means ruins. Amen? And Joshua sent men from Jericho to the ruins, which is equal with the, or the same as the house of iniquity. Now, Let's just stop right there. What ruins do you think they're talking about? Say again. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I'm saying, I was saying doctrine. Like, uh, oh, doctrine. Yeah. Yeah, it is. A, yeah, it is a type of doctrine. You know, but it speaks to the ruins of the house of iniquity. You know, the ruins which is equal or the same as the house of iniquity. And that house of iniquity um, was aforetime the house of God or the house of gods. So, in other words, AI was where they went to worship the fallen angels as gods the fallen angels and, and their, their children as gods this is where they went to worship them this was the Bethel this was the house of gods which was now in ruins because Yah destroyed it you know and so we see it says and Joshua sent men from Jericho to the ruins which is equal well, or the same as the house of iniquity aforetime the house of gods and spake unto them saying go up and view the country and the men went up and viewed the ruins you know that paints a much different picture than what the KJV interpreters interpreted it as and I think the picture that it paints I'm sure that the picture that it paints is more congruent with the text and with the history, you know, involved in that particular area. Because this is this is right where they descended. This is the where they descended and where they ruled and reigned from. This is the area where it all started. And don't think it's by happenstance that Yah chose this area to evict, to evict and, and destroy the inhabitants. See, these doctrines and these truths, as we learned in the book of Enoch, was um, these things that the fallen angels had taught men was something that Yah never intended for men to know, at least not at that point in time. Amen? You know, and so... You can see a very clear picture of Yah attempting to eradicate all the remnants that were left. If you just have eyes to see. Hence, he has his people going through killing the giants and killing, destroying their cities and destroying 
their uh, their places of worship, destroying their idols, destroying their way of life, eradicating it so that it can't go any further because it's like a cancer. It just spreads and corrupts everywhere it goes. And so Yah was trying to root it out. And he was using Israel to do it. So, Joshua 7, 2. I thought that was quite revealing. Joshua 7, 3 goes on to say, And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. And they, are, they were but few because Yah had destroyed them once. You know, but as we read in Genesis 6, that wasn't the only infiltration. They descended after that as well. And this is where you get this residue from. Verse 4 goes on to say, So there went up thither other people, about 3,000 men. And guess what? It says, And they fled before the men of Ai. They fled before the men of Ai. Don't think that your enemy can't win some battles. See, some people don't think that the enemy never going to win. Enough. They shouldn't, but you're going to mess up somewhere. And so they're going to get something in. And that's what we see here with Ai. It says they fled before the men of Ai. Verse 5 goes on to say, And the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men. For they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shavarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Now the number 36 speaks to an enemy. You know, which I thought was was um, enlightening because this is the second battle. And the number two speak to enmity. And here it is. They killed 36 of their men. You know, so the enemy, you know, killed their enemy. You know, and they chased them unto the gate, even unto Shabarim. Shabarim just so happened to means ruins you know so ruins also can can mean breaches and it can mean afflictions you know so in other words this is a spiritual picture being painted of AI smoking them by causing them to breach or to be breached or to be afflicted. Sometimes we find ourselves breached and afflicted. And we wonder why. Why in the world are we breached and afflicted? When we're supposed to be the children of Elohim. When we're supposed to be the victor and not, and not, the, not the, um, the loser. 
But nevertheless, we still find ourselves at times breached and afflicted. Whenever you find yourself breached or afflicted, you need to think of Achan. Amen? Well, also, when you think of, when you find yourself breached or afflicted, you need to do what Joshua did. What did he do? Let me have my next reader read Joshua 7, 6, 7 through 9. I'm 7, 6 through 9. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of Yahuwah until eventide. He and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Adonai Yahuwah, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to Elohim we had been content and dwelt on the other side, Jordan. O Adonai, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us around and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Hallelujah. So what, what did we learn? He fell to his place. Hallelujah. Yes. So when you find yourself breached or you find yourself afflicted, the first thing that you should do is... Well, let's not look over he rent his clothes. Now, I know nobody want to tear their clothes up today, you know. Um, see, but, but the symbolism behind rending their clothes is that they were tearing off their covering. Because obviously their covering didn't have them covered. You know, and this is something, you know, that, you know, I, I, just, I just sit back and like, y'all just shows me things, you know, um, uh, especially like, well, some of everything, but like with the, with the clothing, you know, and, and I just sit back and I look at the trends, you know, and I see Satan all up in there, you know, like the trend, you know, you go and you, you, you get a printed shirt and just about everything has a skull on it or has a serpent on it or have skull and crossbones, you know, or have something that's associated with Satan. Mm -hmm. Beware of the of the lightning, the lightning strike marks. You know, the, the, that depict lightning. That's a symbol of Satan. You know. But you start seeing all this stuff on the clothes. And then, you know, I, I was sitting back one day and I was like, you know, well, what about, you know, because the trend of the torn clothes. I'm like, but in scripture. They only tore the clothes when they were in mourning. They only tore the clothes when something bad was happening. You know, and so people walk around with torn clothes and oftentimes they can't figure out why they had a spirit of mourning upon them. The spirit of depression. You know, could there be a connection? Yeah. You know, Possibly. Possibly. I can't say for certain, but possibly. Especially if these clothes were made in honor of some pagan deity. I mean, why else would you put a symbol of Satan on clothes? Unless that was something you was worshiping. You know, that you were promoting. Whether knowingly or unknowingly. Amen? So, I'm just saying. Things matter. You know, but Joshua ran his clothes. So, it's, it's you know... Nothing is told us by happenstance. Everything has something to teach us. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. You know, so his wrenching his clothes is there to teach us something about his covering. He seen it wasn't working. He fell to the earth upon his face. That's called worship. Nakash in the Hebrew. It's a picture of worship when you fall to the earth on your face. He did it before the Ark of Yahuwah, so he did it before Yah. Until the evening tide. The evening tide. He was there. I don't know when he started, but he was there for a minute. Until the evening tide came in. Until the evening came in. He and the elders. And put dust upon their heads. You know, when something is really a, has attacked the family, you know, this is what you should do. Whoever's the heads of the family should get on their face. Amen? Amen. You know, pray out to Yah and wait for Yah to answer. And he's going to answer. See, he's about to answer in verse 10. It says, And Yahuwah said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel have sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant. So that's the first thing you look for. Sometimes you can't see it. You have to ask Yah to reveal it to you. See, like, Joshua couldn't see it. See, I want you to be able to see this whole picture. You know, so this, Israel is like a man that's coming before Yah. And here it is, he just, he just fell victim to his enemies. But Yah promised him the victory. But he fell victim to his enemies. And so he couldn't... Figure out, like, why did I fall victim to my enemies? Why did I turn my back on my enemies? Why did I lose the battle? And so they, he prayed for Yah to answer him. Yah answers him and tell him, get up. You have sinned. You've transgressed my covenant. So if you find yourself breached and you find yourself afflicted, then you should be looking for where you sinned. Amen. Where you transgressed Yah's covenant. He goes on to say, for they have even taken of the accursed thing. Now, mind you, Joshua is like, he, he's, he's like, now, Israel is like this born-again man at this point. Joshua is like the mind of that man. You know, because he's the leader. The rest of Israel is like the body of that man. So here it is. He gets on his face. He cries out. God answers him and says, there's sin in the camp. There was a transgression, a transgression uh, against my covenant. He goes on to say, which I commanded them, for they have eaten, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Now. I thought that the KJV translators took a lot of liberty here with this word disassemble. The word disassemble is kakash number 3584. It means to be untrue in word or deed or deceive. You know, so I could see, you know, saying, you know, he had, you know, and have also stolen and lied. Or stolen and been deceptive or deceived. But dissemble? And say, and they have put it even among their own stuff. 
goes on to say in verse 12, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. If you can't move forward, if you can't get past your enemy, you have to at least consider that you may be accursed. Especially if you're supposed to be born again. If he done parted the yard and let you cross over. If he done gave you victory over Jericho. Mm -hmm. And you look up and you and, and you losing the battles. You have to at least consider you may be accursed. Mm -hmm. Hello somebody. Yeah. He says neither will I be with you anymore. Except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Now that's huge. That means you can't pray it away. That means you can't praise it away. Nothing is going to take away that curse. Except thou destroy the accursed thing. And repair the breach against Yah's covenant. Can you see that? Yeah. Oh, it's imperative that you see this one. It's imperative. Mm -hmm. You have to see this one. He says in verse 13, Up, sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. So here it is. You don't lost the battle. You don't find yourself breached. You don't find yourself afflicted. And you don't know why you can't win this battle. First thing you do, get on your face. Mm -hmm. Stay there until you hear... From Yah. Now, you hear from Yah. Hey, hey, have you sinned? Have you transgressed my covenant? You begin to sanctify yourself. Because you don't know. You don't know where, you don't know. You know you must have sinned. You know you must have transgressed the covenant, but you don't know where. Like Joshua, at this point, he didn't know where. So what do y'all tell him to do? He says, start here. Sanctify yourself. Sanctify the people. Sanctify yourself against tomorrow. You know, so that's one of the things that we're supposed to do. Begin to sanctify ourselves. How do we sanctify ourselves? What, are, what, is, um, what does our sanctification come through? What was that last one? Not that one. The word. The word. Yoganon 17. You know, sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. Amen? Amen. You know, we're sanctified by the word of Elohim. You know, so you begin to filter your life through the word of Elohim. Mm -hmm. Now, he goes on to say, For thus saith Yahuwah Elohim of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. O Israel, thou cannot stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from you. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which Yahuwah taketh shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which Yahuwah shall take come by households, and the household which Yahuwah shall take come Come man by man. He says this is an accursed thing in the midst 
of thee, O Israel, thou cannot stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. True story. I'm going to share a story with you because it speaks to this because this is real. This is real. It's, it's just as real in our lives as it was in Israel's lives. You know, and Yah used me to help help this lady. She had noticed like things drastically changed in her life. And she was certain like she was accursed. You know, but she didn't she didn't know, but she just felt something was wrong. And so she asked me, you know, and I said, Well maybe it's something in your house. You know, if if you like, you know, maybe I can come look at look at your house and see if I see anything that offends. So did so, found something, and it's like, what's this? She's like, oh, my mama gave me that. She went to um, she went to South America, and she sent me this as a souvenir. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, you know, I think this is it. Said, but my mama gave it to me. You know, like, it's a souvenir. Like, you know, like, you know, I guess it was expensive or whatever. Mm. You know, I said, hey, well, you asked me to come see, I saw, I'm telling you, that's what, you know, that's what I believe it is. I could be wrong, but with all the stuff you've been going through, I don't think you have nothing to lose. You know, I think your mom will understand. Mm -hmm. Or go take it and give it back to her. <laughs> you know, she got rid of it, and her life turned around. And that was that was the first time that I saw that saw this type of thing in real life. But it wasn't the last. You know, you know. Um, some of you may have heard this story. I shared this story with with a uh, few people. It's, very similar thing except for this time it was it was um, someone's mother you know and mother had fell down sick this was before I was in the uh, before I was a natural um, health practitioner so you know I didn't really know anything um, to do to help her but you know here it is she was in the hospital and so her daughter called me and she was like you know could you come take a look through the house and see if there's anything that, that offends you know, so I go and I look, and sure enough, I find a few things. Mm -hmm. But upon leaving, you know, I, I decided to pray. Now, I prayed in, in her mother's room. Her mother had a fireplace in the room. Upon the, upon the mantle of the fireplace, they had two statues, two, two brazen statues, about anywhere from 9 to 12 inches high. Now, they're solid brass, so these are pretty heavy, you know, seeing that they're 9 to 12 inches high and they're solid brass. They was statues of owls. Now, I started praying. When I got done praying, I opened my eyes and whereas when I started praying, the owls were facing me. 
when I got done praying, the owls had turned their head to the right mm. and was looking away from me. <laughs> Both of them. One was on the far left of the mantle, the other was on the far right of the mantle. And when I opened my eyes, I, I immediately noticed it. And immediately through my head, I started, you know, started wondering, like, man, am I tripping? But I, I, I know them, them eyes was facing another way. They were looking, they were facing me. But before I could say something, the lady said it. She said, those owls turned their heads. And I was like, Phew. I thought I was going crazy for a minute. Because these things are solid brass. There's no, there's no logical explanation as to why both of their heads were turned in another direction. Completely to the right. Completely away from me. You know, and so when she said that, I acknowledged that I seen it too. And I said, yeah, I thought I was tripping. That's, <laughs> but yes, they turned their heads. She got rid of the owls. Her mom came home the next day. Oh, well. So I'm saying this, I'm testifying to these things so that you know, like this is not just ancient history. Like these things still, still apply today. And I for one can bear witness to it. I can bear witness to it. You know, I have a few more other examples, but I'm going to stop right there. That's, you know, a word to the wise is sufficient, right? You know, but I'm here to tell you. These things can take place and do take place in people's lives. So, let me have my next reader read verses 15 through 19. And it shall be that he that is taken with the, with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of Yahshua, of Yahuwah, and because he has wrought folly it folly in Israel. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by the tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zahides, and he brought the family of the Zahides man by man, and Zedi I guess that he was taken, and he brought his household man by man, and Achan, Achan, and the son of uh, Carmi, and the son of Zadi, Zadi, and the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give I pray thee glory to Yahuwah Elohim of Israel. And make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it from, hide it not from me. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. They find out Achan's the one. 
And so, you know, y'all shows that Aiken's the one, that he's the trouble. So Joshua's like, you know, what you do, man? You know, fess up. You know, verses 20 and 21, and Aiken answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned. Indeed, I have sinned against Yahuwah, Elohim, and Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels mm -hmm. weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. He had took the accursed thing. He took the accursed thing, but what I want you to know and understand is he caused the whole right. of Israel to become accursed. Mm -hmm. Now, it's important that you understand this. It's important that you see this picture because Achan was an Israelite, even a Yahudah. Mm -hmm. He was one of the what? He was one of the family. He was a family member. Homeborn. Not even a stranger. Do you see the picture being painted? Aiken was a family member. Do you see the picture? Aiken was a family member that caused the family to become accursed. Some truths are hard. They like rocks. That's why stones represent truth. Throughout scripture. This one of them hard truths. Now, I want you to understand. Achan was a family member. Homeborn. Of the tribe of Yahuda. He praised Yah with the best of them. He confessed Yah like no other. But he broke covenant. He broke covenant. He said he took a goodly Babylonian garment. Now this word Babylonian, that isn't actually Babylon. Um, uh, it's Shinar. Number 2896. And it means two rivers. You know, now this, this later become the, um, the the land of Babylon. But there's the two rivers. And I want to emphasize the two rivers. You know, um, because of the number two. Number two represents entity. You know, and so this was the second battle of Israel. 36 of their men got killed. You know, which is the number of, in, of the enemy. 
um, which represents the enemy, rather. And then you have, you know, these two rivers. Two rivers. River represents what? Rivers represents truth. So you have two rivers, so you have two truths. Devil-minded man is unstable in all his ways. At 200 shekels of silver, 200 is the number that represents insufficiency. So even though had all this silver, it was still insufficient. This word wedge is Lashon, where it says had a wedge of gold. Lashon is 3956, and it speaks to the tongue. So it speaks to a tongue of gold, which represents speech. You know, and the number 50 represents the Holy Spirit, but in this case, because it was a curse, it represents an unholy spirit. It also can represent freedom, but in this case, seeing that it's uh, the enemy, it represents bondage. So here it is, he had taken hold of a truth that was insufficient, you know, and was speaking things that was unholy that brought about bondage. They were warned not to do this even before they crossed the yard. In Deuteronomy 7, 25 and 26, it says, The graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein. I think Achan done snared himself, I do believe. Why? Because it says, For it is an abomination to Yahuwah thy Elohim. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. And that's what happened with the lady who received the present from her mom and brought it into her house. It didn't only just curse her house, it cursed her. says, but thou shalt utterly detest it and shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. Today, people bring some of everything into their homes. It's the truth. They bring some of everything into their homes. They bring things of all sorts. Things they ought not bring in. Hallelujah. Somebody don't like something I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you need to consider what's in your home. You need to go through your home. You need to make certain that there's nothing in there that offends. Especially if things not going too great for you. That would just be wise, wouldn't it? Say a lot. Joshua 72 through... Um, I'm sorry, 722 through 26. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran unto the tent and behold, it was hid in his tent in the silver under. And they took him out of the midst of the tent and brought him unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid him out before Yahuwah. 
And Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his behinds and his sheep and his tent and all he had and brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Achor means the trouble. We went over that. Um. Verse 25, and Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? Yahuwah shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burnt them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So Yahuwah turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place it's called the Valley of Acre unto this day. And there's a monument there, right here in Scripture. There's a monument to remind us of how we can cause ourselves to become accursed. That's why this story is here, folks. It's not just so that you can learn some ancient history. It's for you to apply it to your lives now today. It's so that you'll know that you can still become accursed. It's so that you can know that there's some things in your home that can cause you to become accursed and cause your whole family to become accursed. And until you correct the situation and, and find out what it is and put it through the fire and put those stones, that is, put that truth on it, you won't be able to go forward. Yah will not turn from the fierceness of his anger because you will be abominable to him. You will be abominable, you know, an abomination. And you won't be able to become victorious over your enemies. So I implore you, 